Let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. In 1894, a man named Edward Steichen was an apprentice living in the United States of America when he fell in love. But it wasn't a young lady that captured his attention. It was something far different. It was a camera. You see, cameras had just recently been invented, and they were rare. Not many people had them. It was only a few special folks who could take photographs. But when Edward Steichen saw a camera and the pictures they could take, he knew that's what he wanted to do. A dream was born in his heart. He wanted to be a photographer. So Edward Steichen worked hard and saved his money, and finally, after a while, he was able to buy a used camera. He was so excited. On the very first day he got his camera, he went out and took 50 photographs. He couldn't wait to see them, but when the film came back from the developer, he was surprised. For of the 50 photographs he'd taken, 49 were total failures. They were either too dark or blurry, or you couldn't tell what was in them. And so, out of the 50, only one came out right. It was a picture of Lillian, Edward's sister, sitting at the piano. Well, Edward's father thought this was a very poor showing, and he began to berate Edward. You're a terrible photographer. You need to sell that thing and go get a real job. But Edward's mother thought that the one picture of his sister Lillian at the piano was so beautiful, it made up for the 49 failures. So she began to encourage Edward, and she spoke words of faith. Based on his mother's words of faith, Edward did keep trying with his photography. In fact, he dedicated the rest of his life to taking pictures and became one of the most famous photographers ever. In fact, in February 2006, one of Edward Steichen's photographs called The Pond sold for 2.9 million U.S. dollars. Hey, my kids should have been photographers. There's a powerful lesson for all of us in the true story of Edward Steichen, for you see, the words his mother spoke gave Edward courage. Edward believed the words of faith And the rest is history. For the fact is, words have power. Words have the power of life and death. Words can shape lives. Words can shape destinies. Words can shape nations. Words can shape generations. Words can shape you and lift you to soar. That's why it's no surprise that words and faith are linked together. In fact, if you have faith, it will affect your words and your words will affect your faith. That's the lesson in our sermon this morning, a sermon entitled The Language of Faith. We're going to discover the three truths you need to speak the language of faith and unlock the miraculous so you can soar. But before we learn more, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty Father, we thank you that you are turning things around right now, no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, no matter how things look or what others say, we believe your word. And we declare and confess today that you are working all things together for our good. I pray today that you will teach us how to speak the language of faith and align and unite ourselves with you so that we might have the faith to soar. I submit this people to you now. I bind every work of the devil, every spirit that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to speak light and life to our hearts, the power to give us the courage to open our mouths 
and say what you say. We thank you that when we speak the language of faith, great things will happen. The impossible will take place and we will soar. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to invite you to take a moment, join your faith with mine right now, and visibly show it by putting your hand on your chest and saying after me, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, good morning once again. Welcome to Agape House. It's great to have you here today. You're not here by accident, but God brought you here for his divine purpose and plan. And I believe God's doing something awesome in your life. If you'll reach up with faith, God is going to reach down with his blessings. If you believe it, say amen. See, I'm convinced God has more in store for us in 2022. That's why he's calling us to soar. He's lifting us to new levels and helping us to enter into new realms. And in order for that to happen, we need to align ourselves with God with faith so that we can achieve our destiny. If you want to stretch your faith and build your faith, you've got to build your faith to soar. For the truth is, when you have faith, nothing is impossible to you. Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, then you can move a mountain into the sea. Faith is the only thing that pleases God. Faith brings us salvation and healing and deliverance. Faith helps you to accomplish your destiny. Faith brings prosperity and peace and joy. Faith is the avenue you need to receive the blessings of God. That's why for the last few weeks, we've been studying faith to soar. And that's why I want to encourage you after service to go out to the resource center and purchase the CDs or the pen drives for these messages. As you listen to the message of faith over and over again, your faith will continue to build and you will have faith to soar. So before we begin today's lesson, let's take a moment and review what we've learned so far. We began this series with message number one, the foundation of faith. And we looked at the Roman centurion, for Jesus said this man had more faith than anyone in Israel. And the reason his faith was so great was because he built his foundation of faith on three things. Who God is, what God says, and what God can do. And when you build your faith on those three foundations, you too will develop faith to soar. Then in the second week, we looked at a man named Gideon and we understood the vision of faith. For the fact is simply put, faith sees uh, what God sees. And that's important because your outlook determines your outcome. When you have God's outlook, you will overcome because you'll do what God says. Last week, we looked at the action of faith and the story from Mark 2 about four friends who brought a crippled man to Christ. We saw their expectation joined with determination and participation brought about a miracle. And that brings us to today's lesson on the language of faith. Now, to help us learn the truth for today, we printed sermon notes. They look like this. They're inside your bulletin, so I invite you to go ahead and take them out now and follow along with me as we discover three truths about the language of faith. If you're watching online, you can download the notes free of charge from our website and our social media pages. So go ahead and do that now. For there at the top of your notes and on the screen ahead of you is our scripture text for today, taken from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 11. Verses 22 and 23. We know that the word of God is here on the notes and on the screen, but I believe God's word has the most impact when it's in our hearts and on our lips. If you believe that, say amen. So I want to invite everybody to read it out loud together with me. Some of the folks coming for 1130 may still be sleeping. We want to wake them up. Are you ready to do that? Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Jesus said, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, 
Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know, I think if these words had not been spoken by Jesus, no one would believe them. If these words were simply coming from a prophet or a pastor, we would say, I am skeptical because this claim is so fantastic. It's so amazing that only the eternal son of God could have said this for us to believe it. For listen to what Jesus says. He says, if you say to a mountain, move into the sea, it will move. That's an amazing, fantastic, awesome, wonderful, miracle-working claim. And the fact is, when Jesus says it, if we rise up to believe it and speak the language of faith, nothing will be impossible to us. But the fact is, you can't have faith without it being spoken. For no matter how much you claim to believe God, faith will affect your words, and your words will affect your faith. So let's unlock the three truths about the language of faith today so that we can speak God's language of faith, and receive God's results. And here's your first truth. Your words have power. Everybody say power. Somebody say to me. Listen to how Jesus begins in verse 23. Every time I say the word says, repeat the word says after me. Are you ready? Can you do that? All right, here we go. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and believes those things he says, will have whatever he says. Understand that three times Jesus uses the word says, and how many times does he use the word faith or belief? Once. For every one mention of faith, Jesus talks about saying or speaking the faith. Three times he says you've got to have the words in your mouth. That means that this promise of moving mountains is not for everyone. This promise of moving mountains is only for those who speak their faith. And understand today, Jesus is not telling you to talk about your mountain. He doesn't say talk about your mountain. A lot of us are good at talking about our mountain or talking about our problem. Oh, if you could see what my husband did. Oh, look at my trouble. Oh, look at my problem. We're good at talking to other people about our problem. But Jesus didn't say talk about it. He said talk to the mountain. Talk to the mountain. Because the mountain has to hear your voice. The mountain in your life has to hear you proclaim the language of faith. So I declare to you today, don't tell God how big your mountain is. Tell your mountain how big your God is. Somebody say amen. Lift up your hand today and say, mountain, my God is mighty. Mountain, my God is big. Mountain, in my life, I command you to move in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. For the fact is, your words have power. That's how God created us. That's how he intended us. It's not only in this passage in Mark, but all through the Bible, the Bible repeats to us over and over that your words have power. Listen to Proverbs 18.21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And your tongue has power because your words have power power. You have to understand the words have power that you speak. When you speak, you're dealing with dynamite. You're dealing with something so awesome, it determines life and death. You're dealing with words that can change your destiny. It can set you free or set you back. Words have power. 
See, God gave you that power to speak. Of all the creation of God on earth, we are the only ones who have the power of speech. We're the only ones who can express ourselves like God does. God uniquely gave man the power of speech because we're made in his image and God himself uses his words to create. The Bible says in Genesis that God said, let there be light and there was light. And the Bible tells us that everything we see was created by the word of God. Listen to Psalm 33. The word of the Lord is right and true. The heavens were made by the word of the Lord. All All the stars were made by the breath of his mouth. So God's word, God's speech, God's language of faith created everything. But not only did it create things in time past, even today, God's word is holding all things together. For Hebrews 1, 3 says, by his own mighty word, he holds the universe together. The reason you're sitting in your chair and not floating into space is because the word of God is holding you. The reason your body and your cells stay in your body is because the word of God is holding you because God's words have power and he created us in his likeness and image to speak power, to speak life and death. And you've got to understand your words have an impact. Parents, your words can shape or destroy your child. Like Edward Steichen's father, you can discourage or like his mother, you can release destiny. Husbands, you can build up your wife to make her a beautiful queen, or you can tear her down to be an ugly hag. Wives, your words can build your husband to success or set him back for failure. Listen to these words of death. I hate you. I'm sick of that. Every time you do the same thing over and over, I'm sick of you. You're a failure. Why were you even born? Can't you do anything right? You're a failure. I'm disappointed in you. Words of death. Words that destroy. Now listen to these words. I love you. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. I see your future bright and shining. I see you accomplishing the destiny of God. I see grace and glory in you. Words can build, words can shape. That's the lesson we can learn from a class six teacher in Arizona, USA named Judith Tonsing. Judith has always tried to do more than just teach her students. She's tried to inspire them and instill in them a desire for excellence, a desire to achieve their destiny. And so it's no surprise that way back in 1997, she wrote a note on one of her students' final term report. Listen to the note she wrote. It has been a joy to have you in class. Keep up the good work. Invite me to your Harvard graduation. Well, Judith didn't know it, but those words had an impact on the little 12-year-old girl, a girl named Kristen Gilmore, and she carried those words in that note around with her for 21 years. Kristen Gilmore worked hard and studied hard, and in May 2018, she graduated from Harvard as a doctor of public health. Listen to what Kristen Gilmore told CNN. It meant a lot to me to know that someone who knew me so intimately believed in my dreams and my ability to accomplish them. 
But not only did Judith the teacher's words have an impact on Kristen Gilmore and help her graduate from Harvard, those words also came back to bless Judith Tonsing. For you see, when Harvard heard the testimony of their graduate and the sixth class teacher who helped her out, they invited Judith Tonsing to an all expenses paid trip to attend the Harvard graduation where the Harvard University publicly honored the class six teacher for her inspiring words to her student. And the same thing is true for you. You can make an impact. You can change lives. You can build people up. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter your job or your talent, every single one of us has a powerful tool in our hands. We have our words, and you can go out every single day and build people. You can shape lives. You can change destinies. You can bless people with the truth. You can make an impact on this world because words have power. Your words can change others. But not only that, your words can change you. It's not just others that are impacted by your words. Your words have a direct impact on you as well. That's what we learned from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Listen to the Bible. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life, anybody want to enjoy life? Raise your hand. You want to enjoy life? Oh, sir, you don't want to enjoy life? God bless you. Oh, I'm worried about you. Thank you very much. I'm praying for you. If you want to enjoy life, and see many happy days. If you want to see many happy days, raise your hand. I'm watching you. Thank you very much. God bless you. You want to see happy days? I want to see happy days. I've seen a lot of happy days, and I want to see a lot more, Norbert. Amen? I want happy days. I want a long life. Go to a prophet. No. Sow a seed. No. Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Some of you are in trouble. Hey. If you want to enjoy life, hey, I'm enjoying. You want to see many happy days, keep your tongue, your words, because your words have impact. See, a lot of us don't take our words seriously. We don't acknowledge how powerful our words are, but we have to realize the big role that our words play in our own lives. Most of us are worried about the curses coming from our auntie in the village. Most of us are worried about the demons and the witches and wizards and what they might be cursing us. But listen to me, friend, the most powerful curses in your life today are the ones that come from your own mouth. Forget the auntie in the village. You're cursing yourself every day. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 12. An evil man is trapped. Somebody say trapped. An evil man is trapped by his own sinful talk, but a righteous man escapes trouble. Somebody say escape. So you can be trapped or you can escape based on your words. It continues. From the fruit of his lips, a man is filled with good things as surely as the works of his hands rewards him. Understand today that if you get rewarded for a good job, you will get rewarded for your good words just as surely as you get a reward for doing a good job. You will get a reward for good words. Somebody say amen. See, friends, it's not the family you come from that determines your success. It's not the college or university you attended that determines your success. It's not the house you live in or the car you drive or the person you marry. What determines your success or failure can be summed up in your own words. You are filled with good things by the words of your mouth. You can be blessed by your words. The quality of your life is determined by your words. 
That's why in order to grow in faith, in order to soar, you've got to watch your language. And to do that, you need the second truth. You need to look at the source of your language. That's our second truth today. Your faith affects your words. Everybody say, your faith affects your words. Listen to how Jesus continues in verse 23. And does not doubt in his heart. Everybody say heart. But believes those things he says will be done. Here's what we need to take away from this verse today. Jesus focuses not only on the words you speak, but on the source of your words. He focuses on your heart. He links your words to your heart. For that's why he says in Luke 6.45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Turn your notes over to page two and say after me, my words come from my heart. You know, you can tell a lot about someone from the words they speak. You can detect their heart in their words. Think about this. When someone says, I never get any good breaks, that statement is coming from a negative, ungrateful heart. When someone says, I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't do anything right. I always make mistakes. That word is coming from a heart of self-loathing. I knew something bad would happen. I knew this wouldn't work. I knew that it would be a bad day. Those words come from a heart of fear and unbelief. I'm not going to listen to you. You can't tell me what to do. I'm not going to listen to anybody. Those words come from a rebellious heart. And you can actually curse your own life through your words. One of the things I can't understand is when something small goes wrong, immediately you say, You missed a phone call. And you say, You're dead because you missed a phone call. You're cursing your own life. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Complaining is faith in the negative. Worry and fear are faith in the negative. And whether you know it or not, God is listening to your words. He's marking down what you say, and he promises that you will reap what you sow, and he will give you what you speak. That's what he said to the children of Israel in Numbers 14. Listen to God's words. Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, as surely as he lives, I will do to you the very things I heard you say, you will all drop dead in the wilderness. You see, the children of Israel were complaining. Oh, we're going to die out here. God said, I heard that. You'll get what you said. We'll never enter the promised land. I heard that. You won't enter. Oh, today is miserable. This manna is terrible. I'm sick and tired. God said, good. You'll be sick and tired because of the manna. Because God heard them and gave them what they said. And when you grumble and complain and murmur, you are cursing your own circumstances. But when you speak God's word, you're speaking the language of faith. You're aligning with God's word. When you declare that we believe what he says, you release the power of God. It's time to start speaking God's word. It's time to acknowledge that you may have problems, but God's truth is greater than your problem. You may say, I don't feel well today, but I declare the word of God which says, by his stripes I'm healed. You may say, I'm going through a rough patch, but I believe God's word in Romans 8.28 that says, he works all things together for good. And no matter what comes my way, I'm going to praise him and I'm going to lift him. For when you really believe something, you will speak it out. For faith may be unseen, but it is never 
never unspoken. That's why 2 Corinthians 4 says, it is written, I believed and so I have spoken. We have that same spirit of faith, so we also believe and speak. Because if you really believe something, you will proclaim it. If you really believe a truth, you will act on it. Boldness is behavior born out of belief, and we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. So let me ask you a question. Do you really believe the word of God? Do you really believe his promise? Do you really believe he is who he says he is? Because if you do, you will speak with confidence. You will speak the word of God. Somebody say amen. And when you speak the word of God, joining your mouth with his mouth, you release miraculous power. Hebrews 4 says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And understand the truth of this passage today. In the Greek language in which this passage was originally written, the word double-edged is the Greek word dystomos. It literally means two mouths. When God's mouth speaks and your mouth speaks the same things, it is a double-edged two-mouth sword and it releases power. Miracles take place. Nothing is impossible. When you confess the word of God, your mouth with his mouth, there is great power. You release the power of God because God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. God's word in your mouth is just as mighty, just as miraculous as God's word in his mouth. If you believe it, say amen. And the problem for us is that many of us are good at speaking the language of faith when things are going well. Hey, if you came today and you just got a promotion or you just got a big raise, you'll be coming and saying, hey, God is good. God is good. Waving your hanky and everybody will shout all the time. You say, I'm blessed and highly favored. Hey. But what will you say when you lost your mobile phone in the taxi? Will you still say God is good? The problem for most of us is we proclaim God's goodness and praise when things are going well outwardly. But when not, we grumble and complain. We don't speak his word. But my circumstances don't make God good. God is good all the time. And that's why when you have faith in God, you'll speak the language of faith. You'll speak praise. You'll raise up your voice and confess what he confesses. And when you do, you release power. 28 years ago, I faced one of the most difficult trials of my life. The enemy came against me to try to destroy my ministry. I was betrayed by people I trusted deeply. Slanderous rumors went around town. Suddenly, I began to wonder if everything I'd worked for would be taken from me. My wife had traveled, and I was alone at home. I remember one night, it was dark outside, deep in the night. I went into my parlor to pray, and I had no words to pray. I, I, I couldn't pray. All I could do was open my mouth and praise God. All I could do was say, God, you are good. God, I praise you. Lord, no matter what, I love you. I serve you. And as I began to praise God and confess his goodness, the presence of God came down. I can still remember, I felt like he was right there in the room with me, holding me. And suddenly, I broke through. I began to sense his presence, and his strength came into me and lifted me, and joy filled my heart. My circumstances didn't change. Things didn't turn out the way I had hoped. But I was changed. I left there 
in peace and in safety. And looking back now, I realize that that difficulty opened the door to my destiny. I'm here today with you because of that trial 28 years ago. You can't always see what God is doing, and you won't always understand what's happening. But you can always understand God. He is good all the time. And he's working it out for good. He's turning it around. He's making a difference even in the trial. And when you join your words with God's word and speak the language of faith, you'll reap the harvest of blessing. That brings us to our third truth. Your words affect your outcome. Everybody say your words affect your outcome. Listen to how Jesus concludes in 23. For assuredly, I say to you, he will have whatever he says. Assuredly, surely, Jesus is guaranteeing and convincing us today that you will get whatever you say. No matter how small you think your words are, no matter how powerless you think they are, your small words have a mighty impact. For James 3 says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. A small bit turns a horse. A small rudder turns a ship. A small spark causes a fire. And small words you speak over and over again will shape your destiny. For when you speak, you are sowing into your future. Your life will move in the direction of the words you you embrace. Words are not magic. You can't just speak them once and everything changes. But when you consistently sow over and over, you will eat the fruit of your words and move in that direction. For your faith affects your words and your words affect your faith. What you hear yourself saying every day will either build or tear down your faith. That's the powerful truth we can learn from the true story of Pastor Lisa Combs from Lakewood Church. Pastor Lisa Combs is the sister of Pastor Joel Osteen. She's a pastor at Lakewood, the largest church in America. She's an author and a speaker. She knows from firsthand experience the power of speaking God's word. You see, when she was born, there was an accident that took place, and she developed a rare symptoms like cerebral palsy. But her father, Pastor John Osteen, was a man of faith. He's the founder of Lakewood. And every day he prayed over his daughter, Lisa. Every day he spoke the word of God. By his stripes we are healed. You are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. And miraculously, Lisa was healed. The doctor said she would never live a normal life and she would die prematurely. But she has received a miracle. But Lisa's discovery of the power of words didn't end there. When she was an adult, she and her husband, Kevin, tried for six years to have children, and no children were coming. Finally, after six years of barrenness, they sat down and wrote a covenant with God. They listed Bible verses on the contract, verses like Psalm 112, which says the children will be mighty in the land. Verses from Psalm 113, which says God will make you the barren woman, the mother of of children. Then Kevin and Lisa Combs signed their names to the contract and reminded God of his promise. Day after day, week after week, month after month, Lisa and Kevin would remind God of his promise. They would speak the word of God. They would declare the word of God in faith. And two years after they signed the contract, Lisa gave birth to twins. Today, she's the mother of three children. 
Because God's word works. And when you speak the language of faith, nothing is impossible. Life and death are in the power of your words. When you speak life, you get life. When you speak the language of faith, you reap what it produces. The fact is you can't speak negative and have a positive life. You can't speak poor words and have a rich life. When you change the words you speak, it will change the life you live. God's word has power. That's why God commands us to speak it. Like he said to Joshua in Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, then when his word is spoken from your mouth, then when you meditate and proclaim it from your heart, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So I declare the word of God over your life today. I speak the peace that passes all understanding. For Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And I speak peace to you and your circumstances today in the name of Jesus. I speak healing. For Jesus' blood bought us salvation and healing at the cross. I speak forgiveness of sin. I speak reunification and reconciliation with God. For Christ has come to bring us back to the Father. I speak new life. For resurrection power dwells inside of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. I speak joy unspeakable and full of glory. I speak prosperity and success and favor for those who follow the Lord have made the right choice for the best life. I speak the word of God in healing and salvation and forgiveness and blessing and joy and peace and relationships and triumph and success for you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I speak destiny unto you for God has called you and ordained you and anointed you and lifted you to soar. I speak Jesus over your life. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House, New Testament Church in East Lagon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30, 9.30 or 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience. We're here